Hi, and welcome to the Fem Factor podcast. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Laura and Dr. Nicole. This is a place for women just like you desiring to learn, be inspired, and find community. We'll be discussing everything from health, longevity, and aging, to mindset, high performance, and cycle syncing, to intuition and healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually. All from a lens that is based both upon the latest health research and feminine energetics. Blending equal parts scientific evidence and inner wisdom, we invite you to elevate your biology, empower your intuition, and embody your magic. Welcome back to the Femme Factor Podcast. Dr. Laura here, and I am so excited because today I have the absolute privilege of interviewing my co-host, Dr. Nicole Marcioni. Hello. (laughs) Dr. Nicole is an empowered aging coach, a body brain longevity specialist, board certified health coach, and the founder of Integrative Aging. Her PhD doctoral research at the University of Southern California focused on mind-body exercise effects on cognition and mobility in older adults. Additionally, she has her BS in lifespan health and her MS in gerontology from USC, which is ranked the world's number one school of gerontology. And you did hear that right. She does have three degrees. She is that impressive. She works with clients all over the globe, helping them to feel engaged, powerful, and confident at every age. Dr. Cole has presented her research worldwide at workshops and scientific conferences, and her mission is to shift the paradigm around aging from the current anti-aging BS to empowered, aligned aging. You'll find her living life to its fullest every day in her most beach, California, and let's be honest, more recently, a lot of time in Italy and Greece and other beautiful places in the (laughs) world. So Dr. Nicole, thank you for being here on the other side of the interviewing table today and letting me dive into your background and all of the knowledge that you have to share with everybody. Well, thank you for that introduction. It's always interesting when you're sitting on the other side and having someone read your bio back to you and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess those things are all true. And we get so caught up in the everyday living that sometimes we all forget to realize like how proud we should be of ourselves and how we can truly, no matter what our backgrounds, help others um, with whatever, you know, our story has been, our education has been. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that's what has just hit me right now. So thank you for that reminder. Oh, I love that. It's like, yes, I want, I want to bring that into 2023, celebrating ourselves and everything that we've gone through and accomplished, because that has led us to the space of where we're able to help other people. So I'm glad that resonated for you. Yeah. And normalizing that, right. I think as women and as accomplished women, a lot of times we, we dim our light and because we don't want to make others feel uncomfortable. I think just in general, right. As a society, women do that. And I I really believe in this femme factor podcast and femme factor philosophy, if you will, if we can start calling it something like that, um, in 
normalizing, celebrating the importance that women have and what we can do to help one another and how we can really impact the world just by being alive, even without all the accolades. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're listening and, and that resonates with you, you are in the, in the right place because this is all about rising up and empowering women. Like I love that phrase, empowered women, empower women. Right. And so really connecting on that level, collaborating and not competing or, you know, um, holding each other up as opposed to stepping on each other on the way up. And so, yeah, I feel like we're shifting the paradigm with that. Really what I love about your story is you have this beautiful way of weaving together. I just read your bio. Clearly you have just this wealth of knowledge in clinical settings and laboratory settings and research settings. And then when you go to your website, you you actually get this impression of who you are as, wow, she's she's really teaching women about aging, not from just a strategy and supplement and surgery perspective, but mm-hmm. completely shifting how we look at aging and also encouraging women to lean into these things that we don't always talk about when it comes to aging, things like joy and pleasure and sensuality. So I guess my first question for you is, how did you get here to this place where you're you're a doctor, you have all these degrees, you were in a research lab for what, four or five years, maybe more. Mm -hmm. And now you're coaching women about aging and longevity in this really beautiful way that Most people probably wouldn't expect from someone with a PhD. I think it's incredible, but I think I would love for you to share kind of what was your journey like to get here? Yeah. So um, I've always, since I was a teenager, been interested in health and movement and exercise. I don't know why I'm 47. I, you know, came of age in the late 80s, early 90s. And that was all like, I remember my mom doing jazzercise classes while we sat and waited and things like that. And Jane Fonda was on TV with, um, you know, things like that. When I was little, I can just see like the leotards and the spandex tights and all those leg warmers. And so that always uh, had an influence, I think, on me as I uh, grew up. And then when I finished school, high school, I didn't go to college right away. I started, um, I became a massage therapist and was really interested in the human body in that way. And then in 2003, I came upon Pilates for my own body because I have scoliosis. I um, was, I found that out when I was six. So I've been living with it for a long time. And so I started to do Pilates for myself, and then I fell in love with it so much that I decided to become a teacher of it in 2005. And so as I was teaching and working with so many different bodies, young, old, sedentary, athletic, like the gamut of all the bodies, I started to notice just how important movement was for those who were older. Um, And it got me to start questioning how does aging impact movement and how does movement impact aging? Cause it's a, you know, bi-directional relationship. And so I decided I had always wanted to 
go get my college degree. And for another story at another time, um, I, I didn't. And so when I finally decided in 2011 to go back, I went to some community college courses and then that put me on the path of, um, you know, transferring to four-year university, University of Southern California here in Los Angeles. And I just started asking questions about aging and how that um, impacts and how we can impact it. And so I was in the school of gerontology. I got my bachelor's degree. I continued on to my master's degree. While I was getting my master's in gerontology, I got very involved in research and the kind of natural path for those who love to do research is to go on to get your PhD. So I applied and got into the program, um, which was actually in biokinesiology, which is like the study of human movement. And so, but really while I was in that time of my life, I was studying really how, again, as we age, what can we do to either change it, what's not changeable, lifestyle, environment, all of these things. Pretty quickly, as I was in my PhD program, I realized I did not want to do research. I did not want to be a primary investigator of my own lab. I did not want to be sitting in a basement um, writing grants and reading data of my grad students. And so I knew pretty early that something else was going to have to happen. So fast forward to 2019, I graduated, finished, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but decided to somehow combine all the things that I have learned and started coaching. And at first that was really focused on more, I even called them like the four pillars of aging well or something. It was like nutrition, movement, stress, and sleep right? Which we all, and I know you talk a lot about those four things and because they're the pillars, they're the foundation. But as I started working with women and men, but mostly women, I realized that, you know, we can drink all the green smoothies that we can eat all the kale, do all the yoga, wear all the trackers, get in all the steps but if we don't feel good in our bodies and if we look at ourselves in the mirror and you know are critical over what we see whether it's the wrinkles or the gray hair or whatever that may be or our bodies changing because we are getting older and instead of looking at that as a privilege because not everybody gets to be old looking at it as something's wrong and how do I stay young forever? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against like Botox or surgery. If someone wants that to feel better about themselves, but it's more about like, what's the intent behind it and the motivation behind it? Like, who is it? Who are we doing these things for? And so that's when, through my own personal experience and journey as a 47-year-old woman, have decided, okay, where does healing come in? Where does pleasure come in? Where does mindset work come in? And how does that fit into 
all these other more like physiological, biological things we can do. And so that is how I decided, okay, we're going to, in my work, my legacy is going to be combining the science of longevity with the art of sensual living. Like those two things for me are the magic, the secret sauce on how we can live into our nineties and maybe a hundred in be fabulous as we get there. All I could think of listening listening to that, especially as you wrapped it up, is that's real medicine, right? That, that whole other piece of it is really what's missing, I think, for a lot of women when we pursue pursue health goals, pursue feeling better, pursue moving better, aging better, is that whole other half of, okay, we're doing these things, but what's the deeper why? Like, why are we doing these things? And how do we, how do we feel when we do these things? And honestly, allowing ourselves to feel those things instead of punishing ourselves instead yes. of it. Um, and I think for you working in the, the aging and longevity world, you know, that I know you and I have had so many conversations about the phrase anti-aging and it's like, well, this is such a weird oxymoron word to be applied to this field. So much of it is associated with turning back the clock, stopping the clock, looking a certain preserved way. And it, the reality is, okay, if you want to do those things, that's great. But how do you feel when you're doing that? Like, are you still tapping into this feeling of being a, a vibrant woman, feeling confident in your purpose and your passion in life and, you know, literally stopping and smelling the roses? I think a lot of us, especially high achievers, uh, we can bypass the rose bushes very quickly on our way to the next, <laughs> the next goal, the next bar or whatever it is. So that is such a powerful story and kind of really lets people see you can go on an educational track that you think is going one way. You can think your life is supposed to look one way and then something happens. And if you just lean into what you really feel called to do, find that legacy, as you called it, I, I'm sure all of people who, who have ever interacted with you would agree. That's what makes you so powerful in, in what you do is that you're able to apply it to the way people feel and their experience of life versus just the biology of aging versus hitting the, did you get your 10K steps today? Did you get eight hours of sleep? Did you burn this many calories? None, yeah. none of them makes it truly joyful, I don't think. it's Some of them can be associated with it, right? But we got to be able to feel feel those deeper feelings more. Yeah. And like, why are we doing these things? Is it just because someone told us this is what we do if we're good, quote unquote, people, if we're healthy, quote unquote, people. And instead, I think two two things that you said um, hit hit something in me. One is I've really started to think of how I live almost on a daily basis from a perspective of when I'm 101 years old and ready to be at the end, how do I want to be looking back on what I did and how I felt and who I was, right? And so I, that might sound cliche, like people will say, oh, well, when you're on your deathbed, what would you want people to think of you? But it's not about like, how do I want people to think of me? It's how do I want to think about myself? Like, did I live in a way that really 
prioritized me and self-care. And maybe some of you listening might think, oh, that's kind of like, who is she to say that? Or that might be a little selfish, but we're all, I'm encouraging us all to feel that way about ourselves, to look back and say, you know, we're not going to, it's not going to matter like how many coaching programs I sold or how many um, graphics I created or whatever productivity things are on your list uh, in your life, you know, or how many snacks you packed for your kids, um, basketball games or how great they were. You know, it's, it's really how, what did I do that made me feel alive that made me feel loved, that made me feel good, that brought pleasure into my body in all different ways. Like whether it is, like you said, smelling the flowers or eating a delicious meal or spending incredible conversation with a good friend or, you know, swimming in the ocean, whatever, hiking in the woods, whatever those things are, those are the things we're going to look back when we're at the end of our life and be like, wow, that, that was, that is what made me alive. That is what this human experience really is all about. And so aging is right there with it. If we're constantly fighting the aging process, like it's a losing battle. No one has lived forever yet. And if you found someone, please let me know. Right. And so how do we, instead of resisting it, it makes me think of like a river going upstream versus flowing with it. And so how do we flow with our aging and how do we accept it and not punish ourselves for something that is inevitable? Now, the way we age is in our control. Like we can accelerate it, we can decelerate it. However, the aging process is there. And then the other thing I just wanted to hit um, was you had mentioned, you know, like sometimes you're on one trajectory and you change. And I want through my own example to help others to see that it's not even a pivot because sometimes a pivot, I think of like a 180 degree turn, like I was going right and now I'm just a hard left. Instead, I like to think of it as like a deepening. It's like I thought this is the way I wanted to go. But as I get to know myself more and more and my desires and my dreams and my goals and what matters to me, I'm peeling off those layers and it's becoming a deeper inner knowing of who I am. And then I shift my direction based on that. But it's not because I'm like a distracted squirrel, which I have been accused of many times. And I kind of own that. And we can talk about that a little bit, maybe our, um, you know, my human design or Enneagram and all those personality things, which now I am like grabbing onto and running with them instead of fighting them because it is who I am. So I just wanted to talk about those two things in particular, like don't feel bad if you decide to go a different direction in life, because it is probably what's meant for you to do. 100%. I think the first time I heard you say that, that it, it's not a pivot, it's a deepening. It was when we were together in the powerhouse women named mm. last year. And for me, it was like such a light bulb. That is such a beautiful perspective that at the time was before I personally had really gotten into human design, as you just mentioned. So 
for anyone out there familiar with human design, Nicole and I are actually both three, five manifesting generators <laughs> and <laughs> and Enneagram seven. So we have a lot of uh, congruency going on over here. You can expect a lot of fun and a lot of, a lot of shifting as we go I, on. For me, that shifting the way I looked at that from a pivot to a deepening and then learning about being a manifesting generator, it made so much sense to me because I, I feel like a lot of people always said, oh, you just, you can't finish things. Like you're getting distracted too easily. But the reality is who we are is if we lose our passion for something, trying to finish it just for the sake of finishing it means we're not going to do it as well as we could. It's, it's not going to be as truly authentic and have the, the deep sense of purpose that we want, whatever we do in life to have. So by looking at, okay, I'm not leaving this behind and pivoting and completely turning around. It's just a, it's a deepening. It's, it's a slight, slight different direction so that I can pursue these things that really light me up and that really make me happy. Because when, when we do that, that comes through in everyone we interact with. And then the support we can give other people, that's when that really shines through. So that, that has stuck with me so many times. And now whenever I hear somebody say pivot, I'm like, I have this friend, Dr. Nicole. And she says, it's actually deepening and that changed my life. So we're going to share Aww. this with everybody. Um, I love it. And yeah. <laughs> and, and then that gives us permission to truly jump into things that we are passionate about and jump out of things that we no longer are. And, and that is why, like, if someone, this includes my partner, Marco, who is definitely not a manifesting generator. (laughs) He will be like, oh, well, I'll tell him about some new ideas because you and I and any other manifesting generators out there are always full of new ideas. Like, our minds do not stop. We are creators. We can pull up content for days and days and days. And so I'll talk to him about something new and he'll be like, oh, I thought you were doing this from the past. I was like, well, yeah, I am. And this new thing too. And at first, like it made me feel in general because of society, but also my parents and family members and then my partner, like, like I get easily distracted and that was a bad thing. However, what I've learned is that distractedness is actually due to, because I'm so passionate about something. And then as soon as that passion wanes, it's time to move on. But it also gives us permission to like teach on many different topics. If you told me I could only teach on nutrition and movement for the rest of my life and how that pertains to aging, oh, that would be so boring to me. (laughs) So what I've learned is it's okay now. I have programs on my program, La Dolce Vita, which is all about pursuit of pleasure, Um, Italian style. I teach a program called Anointed Heretic, which is on religious trauma. I teach a program on Sensual Sage, which is about really embracing who we are as we age as women, like how we are sophisticated and our audacity and our genius and our epicness. And so, you know, if you look at this from the outside, you might think like, 
who is this person teaching on all these various topics? Like, how can she know? Like, why? But when you get to know me and you learn, like I did experience religious trauma, I did experience living in Italy and and how the pleasure through that really changed my life. I ha- I'm going through becoming a sage in my own way. And I see the women I work with, you know, not realizing how fucking interesting they are and amazing and epic their stories have been and really holding on and owning that and using that to go into their next chapter. And so it's like all these experiences it's like a big cauldron, right? I think of the word alchemy, which you put in a bunch of separate things and they come out even better and more glorious than what was put in. And so this is how I feel. And I know you're the same way, Laura, with the different programs and, you know, taking all these like cycle syncing. And I know this is more you interviewing me and we'll get into your stuff next time, but, but it just, it, it gives us permission and not punishment. Right. And I think we live in this world where we're so easily open to being punished and like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's right. Like I shouldn't follow my dream or I should stick to something, even though I'm not excited about it anymore. And, and um, because that's what I'm, I've been told what's right, or that's what I've been rewarded for. Right. Like if you think of academics or, or the school or whatever family dynamic. So, so yeah. Yeah, You said, you said something, you see the women that you work with and they don't realize how interesting they are. And that really stuck out to me because it's, it's true. It, the, the image that came to my mind is some of these events I go to, whether it's the powerhouse women event or some other large event of female entrepreneurs, where there's a couple hundred women in the room, each of them has a story just like yours with all of these interesting moving parts and pieces. And then we do this thing where we try and put it in a box because someone said to to have a successful business, you need to do A, B, and C, or to be a good wife or mother, you need to do A, B, and C. And, And we try and almost forget about that we're allowed to, and that we should lean into these different parts of who we are and allow ourselves to have multiple interests and have a lot of fun doing life, figuring out how we incorporate those more and more and more. And I, I don't mean that like I just have rose colored glasses and everything should be happy and go lucky all the time. But I, I think if we put as much effort into actually seeing how much of that we could do as we put effort into like trying to fit in other people's boxes, um, it would be really, really incredible for, for so many of us. I mean, I look at those seas of women at events. This is really fascinating watching everybody, you know, the expression of them through their clothing, like hearing little bits and pieces of their stories over lunch and this and that. It's never what I think it's going to be. I'll meet someone who's a relationship coach and there's not this linear story of how she got there. There's all these beautiful parts and pieces of her life that led her to where she is right now. So thank you for bringing that up. And I hope anyone listening kind of looks in the mirror and is like, oh, I am actually a very interesting woman and I need to figure out how to bring more of the things that interest me and that I enjoy into my life just as much as I do the things that I feel obligated to do so that I can start experiencing some of this joy, some of this passion, this pleasure, this this whole life um, as you do such a good job of weaving that possibility for people and 
in your teachings. And I know I love the names of your programs when they come out. I'm always like, God, that's so good. It tells you exactly what it is. And it's like these nice little facets of your lived experience on this planet um, and how you can help bring more people into that. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun for me watching you have fun in the last you know, year or two that I've known you, um, weaving more of that into your, into your business, into your calling too. Yeah. Thank you for acknowledging that. And, and really come getting to this point for those of us who are, you know, 35 plus or, or wherever you're at on the spectrum, even if you're younger, just, you haven't probably experienced as many things as, as someone older yet, and believe me, they're coming. Um, and it's about owning our entire story. And I feel like in the, especially in this past year, that's been one of the biggest things for me in order to open up to pursuing more of what I want, as opposed to what's expected of me or certain roles is because there are certain things that happened to me in my life that I had shame around. I was embarrassed. I had hurt. I had, you know, trauma, all of these things that we tend to kind of bury deep in our souls and, and, and like only bring out, let people see the, the, uh, quote unquote, accomplished side or the good side or the happy side. And not that like, I need to tell everyone my entire story of all the horrible, not all the horrible things that happened, but you know, those bad things. And yet really giving them a place and some respect as to this is how I've been shaped the, the good parts and the scary parts all brought me to this point. And so how do I sit in those feelings and how is healing as I go through and move forward tempered with the pleasure, with the feel good, with the forgiveness, with the acceptance? Like it's, it's sitting with all the feelings, not sitting in them, forever. I'm not saying that, but, but like bringing everything to the table because that's who we are. I think of us all having a board of directors of ourselves, right? And there's like the 30 year old me and the teenage me and the boss me and the scared little girl me and the academic me and the person, you know, who loves to hike me, like all of them have a seat at the table and everyone gets an equal part of being heard and then based on that is kind of what we present to the world, whether you're an entrepreneur or anything else. Um, and so I think that has been one of the most powerful things is really realizing that those parts are just as important to my story as the exciting celebratory parts. I love that. And this may be something that you touch on with your work, but hearing you talk and just knowing what I know about how you coach women, the sense I get is as you encourage women to understand all of these little parts, all of these versions of yourself, they all deserve this seat at the table. And part of leaning into this sense of really being present, of experiencing all of our emotions, of a, a sensual, enjoyable life, it's also understanding that sometimes we need to move away from that tendency of 
oh, I have all these little parts of me that all have to be at the table right now. And they all have to be heard perfectly right now. And the reality is all of those things might not be aligned at the same time. Some may have seasons where we're prioritizing them more or less, but if we can, if we can really do that and, and narrow down our focus on prioritizing each one, that's how we are more present. That's how we really get the full experience of each part of our life versus when we try and do them all together. Most of us tend to not do any of them really well, if that makes sense. Um, there's always some of those among us who are rock stars at everything they do. I know I definitely am not. <laughs> Um, and I'm still learning how to balance those more. And to me, that does come back a lot to presence, to really being in my body more versus just up in my head and really being true to who, who I am as a business owner, as a doctor, as a woman, as a partner, as a daughter, as you know, a, a person on this planet. So for me, that's, that's just kind of the thread that was going through as, as part of that is yes, everyone needs to be heard. And I also want to be present enough that when one really needs to be heard, I'm going to be there and experience it fully and deeply, knowing that there's going to be a season where the next part comes into play too. Yeah, that's so well said. And 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 a lot of times, the ones that don't feel so good to listen to, we don't want to give them the microphone, you might say, <laughs> right? Like sad Nicole gets to stay in the back today. <laughs> Someone hand her, hand her a, a robe and a TV show. And like, let's just move on <laughs> to the exciting, let's plan our next trip, Nicole. Um, and so realizing though, that when we do that, or if we do that a lot, that one that doesn't get heard or get that time is going to come out swinging and screaming. And that's when we end up with a ton of anxiety or getting sick or maybe an autoimmune flare up or like our physical manifestations of our emotional checkouts. I we might say like, then we have to check in. So we might as well just take inventory, let everyone have their one minute, like, what did you do over the weekend? And then see who really needs to step <laughs> up and talk. Um, I'm so glad you said that too, like the, the physical manifestations of some of this, because I know the longer I work in the functional medicine field, and I used to have a really heavy autoimmune component to my practice. And the longer I do it, the more I realize very rarely is it the diet and the exercise. Sure. It's a part and those can be tweaked and personalized. And sometimes they need to be therapeutic and helpful, but like 80%, if not more is the physical manifestations of not dealing with some of this, of not acknowledging things, of not maybe doing some, some reparenting of ourselves so that we can become healthier adults, being able to regulate and accept and feel our emotions and regulate our nervous systems. And for those of you out there who are coming from more of the strict science perspective, I understand this may sound like totally woo-woo and out there, but I saw a great quote the other day that was like, there's a new name for woo-woo and it's called neuroscience. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I love that. So, you know, physical manifestations of this kind of disconnect with ourselves is 
is really, I think, one of the huge reasons that as women, we're, we're so much more prone to a lot of this, this stuff. We're so much more prone to anxiety and brain-based disorders and autoimmune issues. And we're also the, the gender who historically tends to try and put ourselves on the back burner and tamp down those emotions till they force themselves out and create a whole bunch of havoc on their way out. So uh, that was a great point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the integration, right? We're neither all physical nor all intuitive. It's how do we use both to become our most powerful self? And sometimes, I mean, I think a lot of times we're, we're better at one of those things than the other, for whatever reason that might be like someone may be way into their intuition and their feelings. And then they, but they don't give much attention to their physical body and physiology or their brain or their gut health, whatever it may be, or the opposite, right? Some of, some people might just be about that and not even consider tapping into like, what the energy is around something or what that deeper knowing or intuitive spirit is saying. Um, and so when we can harness the power of both, then that's when the real, like you said, the real magic starts to happen because nothing's left out. Like the equation is full. That is the femme factor, really. That's the fact. Those are the factors in this equation in the femme factor is the biology, the physiology, as well as the emotional intuitive part, right? And then when you combine those, that's when we can really embody that magic. And so, yeah, it just kind of all comes back to, to that and what this whole conversation and all of our conversations moving forward are going to be based upon is, is bringing those two things together. And so, so yeah, it's been fun. It's a constant evolution. It's a constant growing. Um, and I almost want to say discomfort in the best way. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you can relate would, to that. Sometimes I feel like we're on the same thought wavelength. So I, I walk with my dog every morning and I do my meditation while I'm walking. I'm mostly very, as you can tell, I know those of you listening can't see me on the screen, but I'm like all over the place because it's very difficult for me to sit still sometimes. Right. So walking and meditating lets me really get more into my feels, into my thoughts. And my big thought this morning that I was kind of ruminating on was growth is not always comfortable. Sometimes it's really, really uncomfortable and you don't want it at all, but it's there and it's going to happen. And it's like, you know, it's good for you in the long run, but that discomfort is something that you're like, Oh, I really don't want this, but I know I have to feel it to get to this next, this next place of really better understanding myself of, of really being confident in who I am in this world and really enjoying my, my one experience as a, a human on this, this planet. So thank you for that. And, you know, Something else I really wanted to ask you as we're talking through all of this is let's say someone comes to work with you. They're like, I, I do need this. Like I have a lot of things going for myself, but I, I, I've had a lot of success in my life, but I don't feel truly vibrant. I don't feel this magical feeling that we're talking about, you know, on this, this episode, like 
where do women start, especially mm-hmm. for the women? I'm imagining the woman who she's already exercising. She eats well. Maybe she has a family. She's been in, like, she's doing all of the right things, but doesn't know where to start with kind of going this deeper level into herself to start experiencing some of this. What are some things that you might say are good starting places or strategies or like what, what is her first step? Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, you hit the nail on the head, like she's doing all these things. And so the first step I would say is where can you every day, maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's in the evening, but some quiet time, even if you just start out with one full minute, like where can you sit quietly and just feel you like just feel sensation in your body. It's so simple, but how many times do we go through a whole day without even considering how we feel? Like maybe we needed to pee. Maybe we were thirsty. Maybe we were hungry. Maybe we, you know, our hip is killing us or whatever it may be. And yet we power through those things thinking we're fantastic you know, multitaskers and can accomplish everything. And yet we're really just ignoring our physical, our own bodies and what our, our beings are telling us. And so I always ask my clients if they can sit for 30 seconds, a minute hand somewhere on their body, whether it's their lap, their heart, their belly, whatever, And just breathe and just notice what sensations are in the body. Is something tight? Is something hurting? What feels good? What feels heavy? Where does it feel heavy? Where does it feel light? And then if you've, if you've gotten that down, you can, you can actually ask yourself, what do I need today? Not do what do my kids need? Not what does my business need? Not what does the house need? What, you know, what are we having for dinner? It's what do I need? And that might be how I want to move today. Maybe it's a run. Maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's stretch. Maybe it's heavy lifting. Like they're all good, but not all needed at the same time. Or what do I need to nourish my body today. Maybe it's a smoothie, maybe it's eggs and bacon. Like it's again not any of this is good nor bad. It's just what are your needs and that's why I think it's so hard to describe your coaching my coaching because it really is tailored to an individual and what their needs are in that moment because they change every day as well. And so I would say if you can just take that one minute. You can give yourself one minute every day. That's not too much to ask. And just sit and feel. 
And then maybe you write it down each day, what it is and, and notice any patterns. And then if you want to take it beyond that, you can, you know, sit for longer, you can feel into it for longer. You can ask yourself much deeper questions on what you need. What do I need to have an extraordinary life? Right? So what do I need to eat today goes into all the way to full the other end of the spectrum or, or the, the biggest part of the question is like, how, what do I need in order to feel like I've lived a great life? Um, because that starts with today, right? I, I love the phrase, today's the youngest we'll ever be. Mm. And so in a way, it's it's an exciting thing to say. And in another way, it's like a scary thing to say, like, oh, my gosh, today's the youngest I'll ever be. You know, I'm in midlife. Uh, have I what am I going to do with each day moving forward? And it's not that every day has to be an extraordinary day, but hopefully most of them are. <laughs> I love that. And I've, I've got to imagine if if that concept of taking a minute to just fully be present in your feels, if that sounds like or feels very challenging, it's something that has to be, it probably gets easier with time with a little bit of practice, right? It's the practice of, of being present. And um, I, I love that last part. Like, gosh, I want as many of my days as possible to be extraordinary. I don't want to just have one week of vacation. That's extraordinary. I want most of the 365 days every year to feel that way, knowing that there's always going to be some stress, some hard things. But I think by incorporating that practice, you just meant that, what do I feel? And like, what do I, what do I really need today? It, it lets you perceive that stress in a very different way. I know that's something that I, I talk with people about a lot is how are we perceiving the difficulties, the stress? And a lot of that comes from not, not being present for what we need. And I don't know about you, but I, I also talk to a lot of women who they stress themselves out about some of the things you mentioned, like, what do I eat today? How, how do I exercise today? I, I need a plan. But I think if you practice feeling, <laughs> getting into your body and then following through on, you know, what your gut tells you to do, that starts to take away the stress around those nutrition and fitness and lifestyle choices, because you're really answering your own questions. And you're not just trying to listen to some dude on the internet that says you need to do these 12 things every morning to be a successful human being. <laughs> exactly. And it really is about, um, you know, sometimes some people listening may think, well, I don't want to feel like being in my feelings could be a stressful or triggering thing, or maybe too woo woo. So focusing on the felt sense, physical sensations. So anybody can do that. You can sit and be like, oh, my toe hurts or my underwear are, you know, an uncomfortable position or I need to fix my bra strap or my head is itchy. These are just the physical sensations. Our bodies are constantly giving us information. And so that's why it's a very approachable starting point into becoming more intimate with those deeper needs. It doesn't start out unless you want it to, or you're at that place as, you know, what do I need for the rest of my life? And what are my deepest, most intimate feelings? It can just be hands on my belly and, oh, I'm breathing shallow. That is a stated fact. This is not anything woo-woo. It's just where am I in 
where is my body and how is it feeling? And so I, I just think that is such, and it's powerful. I've had so many people be like, that really made a difference in my life. And it's just sitting and feeling your body. Like, what is it saying? And so it goes back to tapping into there's so much intelligence in our body and not in our head. We're in our heads so much of the time. And so to be able to drop into your body, which a lot of times people are like, I don't understand what that means. But what it just means is what are you feeling in your body right now? And what you do with that information is then you know, yours to do with it. However, that is the the easiest, most basic foundation starting point. Love that. Yeah. Feeling, feeling can be physical sensations too, not just being weepy or lovey or things like that. It can also Mm -hmm. just be literally how was my body feeling physically? So such, such a great tip. Thank you so much for all of this. I am sure we'll be bringing more and more bits and pieces of your story in as we go through these different episodes on this podcast. But for women listening who are listening to your story and they're like, holy cow, I'm resonating so much. How do I find out more about what Nicole has to offer? Where can they find you? Um, the best place is pro- and easiest is probably Instagram. And my handle is at Dr. Uh, Nicole Marcioni and just D-R-N-I-C-O-L-E-M-A-R-C-I-O-N-E and DM me and we can go from there. And I just want to say thank you for taking the time to interview me. I feel like we know each other so well and we've talked hundreds and hundreds of hours before this podcast. And so, um, but it's always fun to get a little bit deeper, peel back a few more layers and just, uh, I just have such love for you. And I'm so thankful for this. The feeling is mutual. This podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It should not be considered medical advice and or treatment. Although we are both doctors, we are not medical doctors or your medical doctor. What has been discussed should not take the place of your personal medical professional's advice, treatment, diagnosis, or care. If you love this podcast as much as we do, please take the time to subscribe, share, rate, and review. And we'd love if you would follow us over on Instagram. Our handles are at dr.lauradecessoris and at Dr. Nicole Marcioni, or you can just click on the links in our show notes. 